Welcome back, folks. El Nino Speaks is proud to have the provocative Jack Napier back on the show. How have you been, man? <laughs> Am I that provocative? What did I do? Oh, <laughs> uh, just stir drama on Twitter. That's that is one of my favorite pastimes. I've been doing well. I've been doing well, sir. How are you? Oh, great. Um, I'm really looking forward to today's uh, discussion. But before um, we dive right in, could you give my listeners, especially the new ones, a brief overview of what you do? So a brief overview of what I do. I am Jack Napier. I started out reviewing books, especially related to manosphere content, like self-development, intersexual dynamics, things like that. I now host a show called Red Evening with my co-host Rob Says. We are both just uh, normal guys living a normal life, yet still have a, of course, our own dating experiences, which we share during the podcast. And of course, a lot of banter just between guys. It's uh, never really a set topic. It always starts out with, how have you been? And we go, we go from there. I have my own show, Truthcast, which is mostly fitness and strength training related. I also have a uh, fitness and strength training consultation service. I have narrated books for Carl from Black Label Logic, Troy Francis, and Aaron Clary. I am a panel member of Rule Zero, and I host Post Zero myself with Nuclear Caldelio, Red Hawk, Dante the Panda, and myself. And that is probably everything I do. That's quite the workload you got there. Yeah, man, I will link to all of that on the show notes because the the content that Jack drops there is absolutely on point. Now, you mentioned one thing about the manosphere and election season is right around the corner, which means that the hysteria between the two sexes will be dialed up to 11 and everyone and their freaking dog is talking about the so-called red pill and manosphere like all you overused terms these expressions tend to lose their meaning over time could you tell my audience what is like the manosphere and the and the red pill in a nutshell okay so the manosphere doesn't exist and I got that from Ryan Stone, and people would be like, oh, what do you mean the manosphere doesn't exist? You're in the manosphere. Hold up. So what happened was that a couple of years ago, the term manosphere was coined by some feminist author who decided to lump in everybody who wrote about male issues, which made it possible to value the best of us with the worst of us. So when somebody says manosphere, we get all lumped in together, whether you're an alleged tranny dater or an author of five books, you're all together in the manosphere and you're all the same worth, which is easy for critics to do so then they can write us all off. So that's why the manosphere doesn't exist. It was used more as a term to use against anyone who wrote about male and female intersexual dynamics for the benefit of men. The red pill is guys swapping notes with the focus on improving their own lives and within that a focus on their sexual lives. So their sexual activity, whether it be in a relationship, in a marriage, or as a single man. That is what TRP was about. 
Rule Zero. Also, by the way, what's Rule Zero? TRP's mission is to increase men's sexual power and options. Anyone who does not share that goal will be banned the instant we detect them. That's what Rule Zero is. Increase men's sexual power and options. And that's what the red pill is as well. Men swapping notes with the focus on increasing men's sexual power and options. That's what it is. It has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with morals. It has nothing to do with should. It is only could. It has nothing to do with saving the West or getting married and reproducing and starting strong families. No, it is all could. You want to have a good marriage? You could apply X, Y, and Z strategy. You want to be a bachelor for the rest of your life? You could apply X, Y, and Z strategy. That's why you had the married red pill and normal red pill. What initially drew you to the red pill? Hmm. That's a good question. So I never had real trouble getting girls. It's like I usually had a relationship. I was kind of like that guy who always went from LTR to LTR, so long-term relationship. And um, at a certain point, one of my friends was dating a girl. She broke up with him, and he found Corey Wayne. And at that time, I was single, but I had a female friend who was hanging around with me a lot. And one of Corey Wayne's quotes is, women who like you will put themselves in your orbit. And I was like, ah, that doesn't apply. No, it doesn't. And he's like, it is your job as a man to lead the interaction to sex. So when she reaches out, it is your job as a man to set the date. And I was like, ah, this guy's bullshitting. So my female friend reached out to me again. And I'm like, when are you free to get together? She's hold on. And she emails me her monthly work schedule where it's like, pick a date. I'm like, oh, damn, shit. She is into me. So I was kind of like, even though she had a boyfriend, everybody knew her boyfriend was cheating. And I was like, okay, let's see how far this can go. And I was able to escalate and blah, blah, blah. And things happened, blah, blah, blah. And we were friends with benefits for a while. And uh, that got me more into TRP a bit, where it's like Corey Wayne's book, a little bit of RSD, Real Social Dynamics. And I found... TRP read it, but I, I can't remember why, but there were just certain things that didn't appeal to me, the tone. Where it's like, no, I think this is too much. I think this is too much. Then I did a little bit of Tinder. I did a little bit of like just casual dating. Then I had a girlfriend for about two years, and she went back to the guy who cheated on her with three different girls. And I was like, what the hell? And I couldn't figure out why she would do that because it's like, why would a girl go back to a guy who cheats on her? And from Corey Wayne, I found Rich Cooper and both of them. No, there was somebody else in between some other coach and they recommended the rational male. So I started reading rational male. And then I found that book quote where it's like, women would rather share a successful alpha than being stuck with a faithful beta. And all of a sudden, everything clicked where it's like, wait a minute, because I was really focusing on the provider side where it's like, I need to have a stable job. I need to have a stable income, blah, 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 blah. And then I figured out like, wait a minute, I just have to be the guy who's fun. I just have to be the guy who's fun, who like takes it as it goes. 
doesn't take life too seriously. It's fun to be with. It's charming, aloof. And that just opened a whole lot more doors to me where I felt way less stressed and dropped a huge load off my shoulders. Like, oh, nobody gives a shit about your education. Nobody gives a shit about your income. They just care if you're fun. And through that, my relationships just got a whole lot better. Just a whole lot better. Of course, like my finances are okay. At least for me, they are. And uh, I just never lead with it. And I found out that a lot of girls really don't care about it. Like you see now in the manosphere, or sorry, in the male self-development space, there's a lot of fear and opportunity for guys to play on that fear of men not feeling inadequate. Where it's like, oh, women only love the top 20%, blah, blah, blah. But if you let me help you, I will get you a six-figure, seven-figure income. Meanwhile, here I am building fucking Lego ships, still getting laid. It's like, really, people? Is this how far we've fallen? Really? But I try to... What I try to do with like my content is show that side of me more, where it's like, yeah, I'm a huge nerd. I play Yu-Gi-Oh! I build Lego ships. I collect Pokemon cards. And I'm still able to like hang out with girls. You don't need to be some top alpha chad giga guy, giga chad, <laughs> yeah. who has a eight-figure income, is six foot seven, and is shredded to the bone. Now, in all honesty, I am six foot tall and I am like, I do have a pretty low body fat percentage. That is true. Yes. However, I've seen plenty of guys that just go to the gym, aren't miserable and have a stable job. Like I said, my co host Rob, great guy in his 50s, has three women in rotation and I've seen them. They're pretty good looking women. And he's 5'4", balding. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, isn't he like 5'4", five, 5'5"? Five, five? Yeah, like, there you go, people. Yeah, it's like, there is, and that is the route I go with my content, where it's like, look, all these misunderstood studies you see are all being presented to you as a sales pitch. Oh, yeah, it's a grift. That's what I've been yeah, saying. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've been saying this for a while, that the whole, like, six-figure, six-pack abs, six-foot, type of uh, shtick that's being pushed by a lot of these creators is just like bait for a much bigger like course, self-improvement course and whatnot to get these people um, in these weird pipelines. It's actually kind of funny because these same creators talk about how antisocial the West has become. And yet they're basically promoting a form of antisocial behavior because the one thing I've learned in my so-called career doing pick up or whatever the quickest way to becoming successful with the opposite sex is by actually like interacting um getting as many interactions as possible whether you're like doing night game day game social circle online whatever the more interactions with people you have like the better off you'll be and being stuck behind a computer doing some like weird like five thousand dollar course is like not the way to go no and i mean some of the advice is of course helpful where it's like you want to strive for the best you can be. That's even old Elliot Hulse. Yeah. Well, oh, what yeah. was it? Uh, be the best version of yourself. I mean, I that still holds true. I mean, th that's even an ancient Greek quote where it's like, it is a shame for a man not to know what he's capable of physically. 
I mean, that, those are a couple of things I tend to live by. But like the whole six figure thing, if you don't need it, don't go for it. This is why I'm like a big proponent of Cappy's work. And I believe it was in enjoy the decline. Like most of the income you have is going to be taxed out the ass. So why not figure out how much you need that you can live by that you get taxed the least on? I figured out for me that's working when I get have a job, it's work for 24 hours a week. That way I get a very good income and I'm under a certain minimum. And that works perfectly. That's the strategy. That's even TRP. Like strategize the world around you so you can get the best outcome. Now, I'm not saying here be a bum. Absolutely not. But what I'm saying is ask yourself what you need X amount of money for. What are your needs and wants? What do you want? And I think a lot of what we're seeing is guys being fearful of not having something they're being told they need to have is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, there's a weird kind of mindset too where um, among these people that if you don't make like this amount of money or reach this amount of social status, you can't like interact with other people, which I think is total nonsense. Like you live life on your own terms, irrespective of like your socioeconomic standing or whatever. I like find that stuff to be all, it's like very much like guru talk at this point that uh, these people just say just to get like retweets and likes. Well, yeah, I mean, we live in a clickbait rage bait economy. I mean, certain things are true. Network is net worth. That is absolutely true. Like if you have a certain sports car, you get access to like a sports car club. Absolutely. That's true. But then ask yourself, do you want a sports car and why do you want it? Do you really want it because you like the design and you like fast driving toys? Or do you want it because somebody told you you need to have it? That's the question a lot of guys need to ask themselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is a question that should be asked. And um, a lot of this stuff also strikes me as validation-seeking behavior, too, that has become very common in the space. And it's actually ironic, too, because it's supposed to be like a masculine space when this type of behavior is much more feminine. I wanted to shift the discussion, though, to one point you mentioned previously about how... The red pill is starting to get into like political dimension, which I found insanely bizarre because I got into most of the space. I got into it before through just pickup, just reading like mystery method stuff and like other pickup schools before. So I was never really like aware of like the red pill on a doctrinaire sense. I'm, I actually learned about it more through experience and then. I stumbled upon it after doing Google searches. And to me, it always struck me as like self-help stuff. I, I saw it like the way, same way I view like fitness. It was like, there's like information to help you achieve X goal and whatnot. But then over the years, especially towards like the election of like Donald Trump in 2016, started to see more politics enter the mix. And I was just like, this is weird because I actually come from a very political niche and I've done political work nearly my, my entire career, but I've generally separated politics from dating. When in your experience, when did you see like these type of political concepts start to like 
uh, really seep into the red pill space like full fledged. Oh man, that that is as old as time. This even happened in the Royce days. Royce in DC, Chateau yeah. Artiste. Yep. Like, Chateau Artiste pivoted to white nationalism. So, like, politics has always been in this space because there is a great need for guys to be told what they should do. And politics is great for that. And even though politics doesn't add anything to your life, I used to be in politics and I was like, oh, we're going to change the world. No, nothing's going to change. People in power do not care about you. They do not care about you. And the sooner people realize that, the sooner people are going to care more about themselves because you cannot change the political landscape. It's not going to change. Stop worrying about it and worry more about yourself. If you really want change, look at your surroundings and change what you want to change about that and stop relying on some big man in a big oval office. But like politics entering into the space, that, that has been a thing from the beginning. Because it has always been an us versus them mentality with some guys, like guys who get in here. Some of them are really bitter, you know, and they need to blame something or it's like other women or Democrats or the lizard people, you name it. But even Roosh pivoted at a certain point to Donald Trump. So this is nothing new. This is just a cycle which comes back yeah. every election. Where it's like, oh, guys, we're going to stick it to feminism. No, you're not going to stick it to feminism. Feminism doesn't care about you. And neither should you about it. Yeah, I think there's a big, in, in my experience um, in politics, there is a tendency for people to get so obsessed with it that they actually start to uh, forget about like their actual lives, like their personal development, basic health and all that. And they let themselves go because they get so obsessed with something they don't have control over. I like to follow the maxim, to paraphrase, the late great anarchist thinker Albert Janock that like your main focus should be to build like a better unit like one person at a time as opposed to like embarking on these like insane crusades that yield nothing for you like at a physical mental or like spiritual level well I remember when I was like into politics I remember ranting about something and my girlfriend at the time was sitting across from me and she looks at me and she's like, can you be fun again? Yeah. And that just hit me hard where it's like, damn, damn, she's right. Where it's, where it's like, I let this become such a focus in my life while well, it didn't even need to be like, I couldn't change anything. The only thing I can do is vote. And even that's debatable. Even that's debatable. But like, is gonna is is the Trumpster gonna know who I am? No. Uh, are certain politicians in the Netherlands gonna know who I am? I hope not. Kind of like my anonymity. Is Russia gonna stop invading because I have an opinion on something? No. It's not gonna happen. Hey, vote with your wallet. Vote with your feet. That's all you can do. But yeah, that just kind of shocked me out of it. Where it's like, yeah, not fun. Not fun to hang around with because I let politics dictate my mood because something happened somewhere in a dusty office that I don't agree with. Damn, man. Really gonna let that bum you out while there's so much beauty in the world going on? Yeah, there's so much other stuff to do. When you have like hobbies, uh, one thing I noticed once I started getting actual like non-political hobbies was that there's a lot more to do uh, on this planet and 
most of the stuff that people possess about are just like unproductive distractions that really are just designed to get you riled up or just turn you into like a mindless consumer at the end of the day. That's what the system is predicated on. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Okay. In recent years, I've noticed this too, because I've taken some breaks from the so-called like red pill. I mean, I'll, I'll like occasionally watch some stuff from like Rolo Tomasi on YouTube or Troy Francis, like people that I really respect over the years. But I would say I'm not as like devoted to following all like the latest developments and happenings. But I have noticed though that certain red pill concepts have become considerably more mainstream, if you will. And you can just see it on YouTube with all these pundits and creators spouting off like certain red pill talking points or like bastardized versions of these concepts. And overall, what do you make of this like latest generation of red pill influence content creators? Are they a net negative or a net positive for advancement of these ideas? So if the new guys are a good or a bad thing, it depends. Some of them are. Nuke's a great one. Nuke's new. I love that guy. I'm I'm very happy I, I found his Twitter thread. And I think he is an amazing voice in this space. And I hope to hear a lot more from him. Other than that, I really don't pay attention much. No, honestly. Every now and then I see something on Twitter I like and I focus on that. And then sometimes on YouTube, something is being presented to me with like 22K views and I look at the thumbnail and I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. We're not doing that. We are not doing that. Red Hawk kind of got into this space, which I think is a very interesting perspective as well since his political background and seeing what's going on there. I actually met Red Hawk. We had such a great time in Svola. It's absolutely amazing. Fun guy to hang out with. Yeah, he's a great content creator. Uh, yeah, especially in the uh, p- political space, his political insights are second to none. And then you have like a couple of the bloggers still, like Dante the Panda, uh, who is a very young guy, but with a very adult attitude to these things. Uh, you've got the crew from Let Him Burn, Nick August, Bullrush, Rob Says. I think those are great assets to this space. And then you've got the clout chasers who take red pill concepts and make nice clickbaity stuff out of it, where I'm like, well, chase your money. Sure. It just shows you that, indeed, the world was not made for smart people. Like, Clary wrote The Curse of the High IQ for a reason, and the same reason why clickbaity red meat content is popular is the same reason why sports ball is popular, you know? It's the same reason why fads happen. So I don't really pay attention to it. And not to be on a high horse or anything, like my content isn't the greatest, but at least I'm having fun with it and not preying on rage. And I think like Nuke, Rob says, Red Hawk, Governor Megatron, Ryan, they don't do that either. It's like, hey, normal people living normal lives with normal advice and tools you can apply to help you in a better situation instead of look at what this 304 said that should make you feel things. Yeah, I um I I've become like pretty skeptical as well of like the commercialization and the mainstream rise of like red pill because you have a ton of people that I think 
take otherwise valid concept and use it to promote just like all sorts of outlandish products and even like narratives that I don't think really add much to the genre. That's why I kind of like what Rolo has said in the past that he's not that big on trying to make the red pill go mainstream. That's never been like his goal because I think it, it just makes more sense to treat it as like a self-help concept for people who are genuinely looking for answers as opposed to some type of like rallying point for some, uh, for a large, like quixotic political crusade. That's the beauty of it. I don't even think red pill is self-help because a lot of self-help is like, you should do this. And TRP is more like you could, here's the information and what you do with it is up to you. We're not going to tell you what to do. Yeah. We're just telling you what we did, what helped for us. And we're suggesting it. It's tools in a toolbox is what it is. Mm -hmm. And what you see in the mainstream or quote unquote mainstream, what they deem as red pill is just certain facts, not even facts, misinterpreted statistics, right? Like women only swipe on the top 20%. It's like, dude, borrow a female friend's uh, phone and swipe through her Tinder or make a female dating profile for yourself, you'll understand why only like 20% of guys is being swiped right on. Because yeah. it's not because they're good looking, it's just because a majority doesn't put effort into their photos. I was talking to uh, Come On Man Paul just before, the, before I went on here. He even mentioned, it's like, yeah, it's guys who have six photos with the same outfit in the same house, just a different room. It's like, of course nobody's going to swipe right on that. Yeah. Of course not. But then it's being presented as, oh, like women are picky. Yeah, women are picky. They are because like the investment, the biological thing, nine months, baby, blah, 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 blah. But look, would you swipe on somebody who put so much low effort into it? Well, okay, men don't have an attraction floor. So, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. If she's thin and she looks nice, guys would swipe on it. But can you blame the girl when she swipes life left on a guy who has the same photo in different rooms for a guy who like has a photo of him mountain biking, hanging out with friends, doing kickboxing or salsa dancing or deadlifting or archery or painting, doing photography, helping animals. Yeah. Already me telling you that already, like who would you pick? You know, yeah, no homo, but who would you pick? Yeah, that's something that I don't think really registers with some folks, and they just like throw their hands in the air and like give up. If anything, when I hear these statistics, it just makes me want to like step my game up even further because I've a real, I've always had a very competitive mindset, and like this is a sexual marketplace, so you have to like compete in one way or the other, and. If anything, this process is good because it does force you to get out of your comfort zone and get away from turning into like a total bug man that's on the computer all the time moaning about the latest outrage. So I welcome like the challenges that come with this space. And just to like wrap things up, do you think that the red pill space will continue to gain traction in the mainstream, or do you believe that this will just be a relatively niche space? Because I get the impression personally that this looks like it's like very cyclical in nature, where 
um, it moves with like the political cycles where like red pill concepts will get back in, uh, into the mainstream for a bit, but then they will recede. And actually, I don't have a problem with that per se. No, but it's like it's it's Casey. She made a film years ago, The Red Pill. It was about men's right activists. This is nothing new. It's just a cycle. It's just a cycle, and you can't kind of debate. And I don't want to be self-righteous here, which I know I have a tendency to do. I, I'm very well aware of that. I try not to, and I don't mean it like that. But in all honesty, what's being presented in the mainstream media as being red pill, I'm sorry, I don't see notes being swapped. I don't see guys coming here being humbled by what's happening and then just asking for advice and it being applied. What I see being mainstream is yelling at women. I'm sorry, I don't see that as TRP. Nowhere in the archives on trp.archive, do you see Whisper, Archwinger, Wine More Please, Curve, Rule Zero Dad, um, Horns of Apathy, Uncle Vaz, to name a few very good posters on there, tell you to yell at your woman or hold her accountable. Like None of it. So what I see now being mainstream is just yelling at women. And I don't really consider that anything to do with red pill. It's like they take things from the red pill, certain uh, studies we have or they have used to build their advice on, but I see none of the advice. So I think it's a phase. I think it's fad and it's going to be here again in a couple of years. Then we'll see new spearheads leading the charge for politics because, oh, you got to vote Republican or you got to vote this guy or that guy, but nothing new. For like my listeners who want to learn more about the red pill like in a healthier manner, where would you direct them to go for productive resources that will help them with their dating lives and just overall quality of life? Ryan Stone. Just Ryan Stone. That is like, maybe I'm fanboying here, but if you want to, like, if you're new to all of this and you're like, hey, what's this all about? Ryan Stone. That's where you want to go. Go read Rolo's book. No, you know what? Go read No More Mr. Nice Guy. Then read When I Say No, I Feel Guilty. And then read Rolo's book. Do it in that order. Then go to Ryan's channel and just process it. Then read the sidebar. Uh, Ryan has a great video series on it, on the sidebar. You can go to TRP. No, theredarchive.com. So that's theredarchive.com. You will find the entire Red Pill Reddit archive there with the sidebar included. You can read that. And to toot my own horn, if you're done with that, Go visit my channel at Jack Napier Knows and go watch the playlist of Red Evening where Rob and I just shoot the shit. It's like two red pill wear guys who applied the tools to get what we wanted out of life and now are just having fun. Awesome stuff, man. Um, as always, uh, I had a great time chatting with you and feel free to p- plug away your content before we leave. Oh, uh, mostly the YouTube channel at Jack Napier Knows, uh, Red Evening, Truthcast, and uh, Post Zero. 
since a couple of weeks. On Twitter, at Jack Neep, your nose. And that's about it. Awesome. Great stuff, man. And to my audience, thank you again for listening to El Nino Speaks. And with that, El Nino has spoken.